Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, and if you are able, please stand for the reading of the Gospel. It is found in Luke chapter 3, beginning with verse 15 through 17, and then verse 21 through 22. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too, and as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you this day. In the name of Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, our Lord, I pray, amen. It's a very familiar text to those of us who have been a part of the church community for some time. The baptism of our Lord, the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John, talk about uh, the baptism. However, John does not give us a full description of the baptism. Um, his focus is not on Jesus' baptism. His focus is primarily on Jesus the Messiah. I don't know about you, but as I read this familiar text, this question just has to um, be answered. It's a simple question, and the question is, why in heaven's name would Jesus Christ submit to John's baptism. I mean, we know that John's baptism is a baptism of repentance, right? We know that. Why would he participate in such a baptism, this Jesus Christ who, according to Saint, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and I quote, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Why would God have his sinless son the Messiah, be baptized? That's a great question. That's a, that's a great question. I, I would suggest to you that as we look at the baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this Sunday whereby we observe the baptism of the Lord, I would suggest to you that it has to do with identity. Identity. First of all, I would suggest to you that Jesus Christ... Uh, submitted to this baptism because it was important for Jesus Christ to identify with the people who had lined up to be baptized by John, people 
who had a sense of expectations, yes, but also people who were experiencing brokenness and a sense of helplessness because they found themselves under Roman rule. These were people who were looking for hope and Jesus wanted to identify with them. And I would suggest to you that Jesus continues to identify with people today. He identifies with you. He identifies with me. He identifies with where we are. Listen to the word from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. I don't know what you're going through. But this is what I do know, that Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is able to identify with whatever you're going through. So let me encourage you to take whatever you're going through to him. Don't look to substitutes. Addictions won't help you. Being a workaholic won't help you. Fretting over your financial situation, it won't, it won't help you. Talk to someone who can identify with all that you're going through. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but the question has to be asked. So how many of you have discovered that when you finally decided to take to Jesus Christ that that you thought he had no clue about, that you were amazed, surprised, and blessed by the fact that he knew what you were going through and he also had an answer for you. So, so we know that uh, this baptism that took place, this baptism that John was offering, a baptism of repentance, Jesus Christ, submitted himself to it because, one, he wanted to identify with the people. Secondly, he wanted to fulfill the promise because um, we know from Genesis when man fell that God knew that there would be a need for a Messiah, a Savior of the world. And so Jesus Christ, not only identified with the people, but he also established his identification as the Messiah of the world. And then he also submitted to this baptism because this baptism identified, put on notice, the beginning of his ministry. If you were to read verses 18 through 20, which were not a part of the lectionary, you will note that John's ministry was coming to an end. You see, John said that his primary purpose was to do what? Was to identify the Messiah. He said that in the gospel according to John. Look at Luke chapter 3, verses 18 through 20, if you have your Bibles on your, your Bible app or the Pew Bible. So with many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news 
to the people, he being John. But Herod the ruler, who had been rebuked by John because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil things that Herod had done, added to them all by shutting up John in prison. So John is, is off the scenes now, and Jesus Christ is now moving forward. In John chapter 3, verses 28 through 30, I'm going to a different gospel now. After John's disciples came to him to report that Jesus was baptizing more people than John, you know how it is, we like to count, right? We like to compare, we like to compete. Although the text informs us that Jesus himself was not baptizing the people, but his disciples were. This is, when, this is what John said to his disciples. He stated that, you yourselves are my witnesses that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. For this reason, my joy has been fulfilled. He must increase, John says, but I must decrease. So we see again that Jesus Christ submits to this baptism, one, to identify with the people, secondly, to initiate hit, to indicate that his ministry will now begin. And, and let me just pause for a moment. Let me, let me ask you to, to think about this. When you think about your baptism, and, and, and I appreciate you're talking about your baptism, Minister Becky, because uh, for those who are baptized as infants, you're right, you don't remember. I don't think. But you have tangible proof of the baptism. So I would have to ask you, what's the significance of your baptism? What is it to you? What's significant about it to you? Um, the United Methodist source by Water and the Spirit uh, talks about uh, baptism in the United Methodist tradition. And it reminds us that in the first chapters of Genesis, um, God created humanity in the image of God, a relationship of intimacy, of dependence and trust. And we know that by Genesis chapter 3, that relationship had been destroyed because humanity had been unfaithful in that relationship. And the quote is, as a result, there was through this distortion of the image of God in us and the degrading of the whole of creation. And so, as a result of that distortion, as a result of sin entering into the world, what happens also is that evil entered into the world at a cosmic level and also at an individual level. So what we now find is that people are lost. They're separated from God. They're helpless. And we cannot save ourselves, although we keep trying, but we cannot do it. Because you see, the kind of salvation that we need is the kind of salvation that only God can offer and God can provide. And God did that through Jesus Christ. 
And so for us in the United Methodist Church, what we do recognize is that even though we turned away from God, God never abandoned us. And God sought after us, and God continues to seek after people who do not have a relationship with him. And he seeks after us in order to restore that relationship with him so that we can experience our fullness, the fullness that God had in mind when he created humanity. And so, faith is necessary. Faith is needed. Faith is a gift from God, and that faith helps us as human beings to respond to this phenomenal gift that God has given to us through Jesus Christ. Faith is our awareness of our utter dependence upon God. I've said this in other settings, and maybe I've said it here. In these United States, and generally in society, if you are to be mature, society says you must be independent, i.e., self-sufficient. That's what society says. If you're mature, you must be self-sufficient. You must be able to take care of yourself. But within the kingdom of God, a sign of maturity, spiritual maturity, is that you are ultimately, we're ultimately, completely, totally dependent upon God. That's why the kingdom of God is so countercultural. And so, the faith, our faith gives us the ability to say yes, yes, to the divine offer of salvation that God offers to us. Our faith makes us aware of our utter dependence upon God. I would suggest to you that a sign of growth, spiritual growth, is our ability to understand just how much we are to depend on God, which requires us to surrender, right? Our selfish wills, our selfish ways, and to rely totally and completely on God. Again, drawing from this resource by water and the spirit. So when we talk about baptism, Within the life of the United Methodist Church, what we are saying is that through baptism, we are incorporated into the body of Christ. The church, capital C, Evangel Heights, United Methodist Church, lowercase c, invites people to become a part of the faith community. And, and the church as was stated earlier, takes on the responsibility of helping people to grow and to reach their God-given potential as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we recognize that we don't do that alone, but we do it with the help of the Holy Spirit who is at work within the individual, who is at work within us as the body of Jesus Christ, who's with, who is at work within the church. Yes. I'm excited that today we have an opportunity to baptize one 
who has experienced that prevenient grace, you know, God going before us and wooing us, and we discover, oh, God, it's you. You love me. You want to be in a relationship with me, and you're offering me this opportunity. I'm thankful for the opportunity that today we will be able to celebrate the baptism of Rob Parker, while at the same time, beloved, we will have the opportunity to reaffirm our faith. We, as United Methodists, we don't believe in, in, in people being baptized again, rebaptized. See, baptism is always a God-initiated experience. It is God who reaches out to us. It is God who invites us into a relationship with God. And so whatever God does is sufficient. God does not have to repeat whatever God has done. So the fact that God has invited us into this relationship with God once and we were baptized once, we don't need to be baptized again. What we are encouraged to do is to reaffirm our faith. And we will do that today. So Jesus decides to be baptized because he wants to identify with the people. The baptism also states, in, indicates rather that his public ministry is about to begin and John's ministry is coming to an end. And then thirdly, I would suggest to you that Jesus' baptism, and this is priceless as far as I'm concerned, acknowledges that God affirms Jesus Christ. Look at um, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. It says, and finally, after all the people had been baptized and Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, heaven was opened, and this is what Jesus Christ heard. You are my son. The beloved, with you, I am well pleased. Wow. That's why, Katie, I needed you to sing that song again. Because we all need to be reminded of who we are and whose we are. We're God's beloved. We're God's beloved. We need that affirmation. Affirmation is important. Uh, talk to children who've not experienced affirmation from their parents, and I will show you children who are really trying to figure out what life is to be about, and I will also show you children who are looking in all of the wrong places for the affirmation. Hmm. Yeah. God says to us, as we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, as we uh, receive and experience the covenant of baptism. I love you. You are mine. That's what God says. I love you. And you are mine. So today, as we prepare to receive one into this community of faith. 
just want you to remember this, that the God who made a promise before the beginning of time that there would be a Messiah is a God who fulfills God's promises. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for being a God who fulfills all promises. We give you thanks, O Lord, for identifying with us. We give you thanks, O Lord, for helping the church to understand her role in nurturing, encouraging, strengthening new persons who are baptized. We give you thanks, O Lord, for helping us to know that we belong to you and you love us. Amen.